Hi friends, welcome back to On Scene with me, Adam Quant, and my friend and co-host, Nicole Brodzik. Hi! Today, we're bringing you stories of people in places you wouldn't expect. Like amputees on surfboards and princesses in cow pastures. So, pretty much exactly that. This month, we're going back in time to July for a demo day on Lake Minnetonka that got amputees up on wake surfboards. And then Nicole went out to meet Carver County's Dairy Princess, who will be competing for a chance to become Princess K of the Milky Way this month at the State Fair. If only I could bring you the smells from that one. But we'll get to that a little later on in the show. For now, let's head out to Lake Minnetonka for a listen to the 2017 Wake Surf Championships Adaptive Demo Day. Say it when you're ready, baby. Couple waves. That was absolutely awesome. It was my first time ever wake surfing. Meet Adam Warden. He's an Air Force Security Services officer who lives in Maple Plain. He also happens to be a below-the-knee amputee who got up on a wake surfboard for the first time last month thanks to the Autobach and Wiggle Your Toes demo day. So, what exactly does all that mean? Right, so Autobach is a prosthetics company who was on hand with waterproof prosthetics for people to try out. And Wiggle Your Toes is an organization that helps support and create a community around people who have lost limbs. So people like Adam? Exactly. So Adam actually has a really interesting story. He was a part of the Air Force Security Forces before his accident, but that's not how he got hurt. I, uh, I had a tree fall on me in my backyard. <laughs> so uh, broken ribs, broken back, and my left foot came off. It was uh, three years of trying to salvage my foot, and after the last surgery, one of the joints ended up fusing itself and was in uh, just a ton of pain, so realized it was finally time to go ahead and, uh, and do the, uh, the next steps. Whoa. The craziest thing about that story to me is that he lost his foot just a year ago and he's already back up on a board doing things that even I definitely cannot do. See, and that's the thing, like I'm still pretty new. It's just been a year for me, so I I guess I haven't had the time to realize that I can't do stuff, so I just kind of get out and start trying it again and you have to make a little bit of modifications to some of the stuff that you do, but really there's not a whole lot that you can't still do. And he's got that great attitude towards life. I mean, this guy was a week away from competing in a 100-mile trail race before that accident. Back then, he was, and actually he still is, a triathlete. Wait, like swimming, biking, and running triathlons? Are there other kinds? I mean, I don't know, but that just sounds like a lot to do when you're missing part of your leg. No, believe me, this guy could do it. I have no doubts about that. That's what I found to be so cool about him. He's still setting these crazy goals and basically living the same life he had before the accident. So after my original injury with the broken back and broken ribs, I was bedridden for three months. And so I had plenty of time to throw myself a pity party then. But uh, after that, I realized really the only thing I have any control over is just how I deal with it. And so chose, you know, if I was going to start to gauge my success on what I was doing before, I was going to be horribly disappointed, but I may or may not still be able to get that 100 miler in, but now the um, goal is to try to make the Paralympic triathlon team and just do as much stuff as I possibly can. And that's just one story from one person. There were so many other people out there just like him, and it was all thanks to a Paralympic snowboarder and an avid wake surfer, Mark Mann, and the championships organizer, Andy Weekman. This has been going on, this is I think the fourth or fifth year, but... Uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, Mark reached out. I didn't know who he was. Um, said, I, you know, I think you should add an adaptive division. How's it going? And I said, great idea. You know, let's yeah. do it. So long story short, we did that. The first wake surfing event to have an adaptive division. And then wake surfing is just such a family-friendly 
kind of all 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 encompassing activity it's pretty easy to learn so right now what are we at 10 10 30 and we're two for two so I was out on that boat with them, and I don't know when the last time I saw someone as excited as Adam and our other rider Danny were when they got up on their boards. Except maybe my own face when I got to meet like 20 baby cows on our next stop. And so, from one summer celebration out on the lake, to another out in Carver County where we met a princess in her palace. Which just so happens to be her family's dairy farm. But first, a word from our sponsors, seen in the West Metro Magazine. On Scene is brought to you by Scene in the West Metro Magazine, where you can read more about the stories you're listening to right now. You love where you live, and we've got the reasons why. Scene in the West Metro is a magazine focused on what makes life in the Twin Cities West Metro so great. Look for tips on what to eat, what to drink, and where to go in each new edition. Scene in the West Metro is delivered in your local Sun Patriot newspaper and is available to everyone online at westmetroscene.com. you like to know? Um, I guess, so how does all of this work? So, Anna Brol is a different kind of princess than the one you see in the movies. Instead of fancy dresses and heels, you're more likely to find her in jeans and boots working on her family's farm. Anna is also a finalist for Princess K of the Milky Way and is a two-time Carver County Dairy Princess. So what exactly does a dairy princess do? So her main duty is to be an advocate for the dairy community in Minnesota. And if a panel of judges at the Minnesota State Fair thinks she's the person for the job, she'll spend the next year as Princess K. Right now, she's one of 12 candidates that were chosen from across the state. And by the sounds of it, she's been doing this whole advocating thing for a while. And she's doing it internationally too, right? Yep, so Anna studied abroad in Norway a few years ago, and she said that a classmate there had posted a video that made it appear like dairy farmers were abusive to their animals, and she knew she had to say something. And so I watched it, and then I told her about how I grew up on a dairy farm, and they didn't know that. Like, I didn't have to tell them because there, I lived in town. I could have just let it slide, but it was like my values and beliefs were challenged, and I felt like it was a good thing to clear up. And so I, I talked to her, and she was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize it. So she took the video down, and then she, like, explained. Like, a lot of people liked it, and it was just, it was a good feeling. You know, I've seen those videos, too. But that's one of those things where you really have to be thinking about the source and what the motivation behind them is. I can totally get where Anna's coming from there, especially when she grew up on a dairy farm surrounded by all of those animals. And she took me out on the farm to meet those very same animals last week. So... Here we have the milk house. This is where, like, this is the bulk tank. This is where all our milk gets stored. It's, um, we usually do two milkings, and so our milkman will come and pick up the milk every other morning. And so all the milk that you get is less than 48 hours old. When we first walked in, there's that room with the milk tank Anna mentioned, and then you get to the stalls. It smells like... Well, it smells like exactly what you'd expect a cow farm to smell like, and you can see all the cows lined up in the back where they're waiting to be milked. And then just outside that barn is where all the little babies live. And then here, up here, we have a lot of the young stock. So in all of these hutches, they're less than a month old. There are these big pens where older calves are hanging out in the shade, and then to the left, there are these little dome structures that had wooden pallets for doors. Anna moved one so I could see inside. <gasps> Oh, that one's resting. This one, oh, this one looks a little bit more alert. 
Yeah, look at that. Oh my gosh, hello. Like, hello. Breaking news, baby cows are adorable. And if you give them the chance, they love to slobber all over you. Some of them become so friendly. And even as like adult cows, they're, um, they're super friendly. They'll let you pet them. Even though they're like, <laughs> I don't know, 10 times your size, they're just like, ooh, pet me. And they'll actually do like the rubbing up against you. Okay, so as a dairy farm, do they like always have baby cows? Um, first of all, they're called calves. And second of all, yes. Because to have the milk, the cows need to be pregnant. Then there's this whole process for how that works. Anna said it all starts when the cows are about two years old. Normally, the first time they have their estrus cycle, or the first time they're in heat, the first time the bull breeds them, is uh, between 18 months and like two years is okay. normally when they're bred, so nine months from whenever they are bred. And then after they have their first calf, they um, will start producing milk. And then they will produce milk up until two months before they need to, before they have their second calf, and then we'll give them a rest period for two months. That's when they're called dry cows. And then, yep, then they'll have their calf, and then they'll become milking cows again. Anna also said they keep the female calves to eventually become more dairy cows, and the males they're now keeping because they are starting to farm cows for beef as well. So they've got a little bit of everything over at the Broll's place. But you won't find Anna there right now. She's currently out in Waconia as part of the Carver County Fair this weekend, which she said is always one of her favorite events of the year. And if you don't get a chance to see Princess Anna this weekend, she had a message for consumers about supporting her family and the local dairy industry. Because I like to think of it like a, like a tree. I like nature, so I think of it like a tree. The cow is the trunk of the tree. And for the cow to do well, it has, its roots have to be strong. And so the roots represent like the veterinarians and the nutritionists and even the farmers, everyone that works together to make the tree strong. And so the trunk is a cow. And then if the cow does well, it, her milk um, sprouts the trees, or the branches, I mean. And so if the cow is strong, the branches represent like creameries and grocery stores. And so when consumers buy dairy products, they are watering this tree. They are giving this tree life. And they're not only helping the specific dairy farms, but they're helping the milkmen and the salespeople and everyone that works within this system. So I think that I would really like to encourage consumers to continue to buy dairy products. They are helping us immensely. Sounds like a pretty good pick for Princess Kay to me. If you want to tune in and see if Anna is crowned, it'll be televised on WCCO at 8 p.m. on August 23rd. If you have a story you think we should tell, shoot us an email at westmetroscene at ecm-inc.com. You can also follow us on iTunes or on SoundCloud, and be sure to check in next month so you don't miss out on anything in the West Metro as summer wraps up. For On Scene, I'm Nicole Brodzik. And I'm Adam Kwan. On Scene is brought to you by Scene in the West Metro Magazine. Music for On Scene is provided by Kevin McLeod. This show was edited by Nicole Brodzik, and reporting was done by Nicole Brodzik and Adam Quant.